Blog Talk Radio. Today's show, today is already the 12th of May. It is Tuesday in our world, 2020, and it's there's a whole lot of quiet, and it's really, really kind of interesting to see the world trying to ramp up in in a time when we don't know if we really can yet, and it's all a big question mark, and we're watching everyone try to figure it out. And one of the biggest things that has been happening that I've been seeing and I just had to do a show about it is denial. How denial looks like it is winning until it doesn't. We are all witnessing it. And I took it to a place where I thought, you know, God, What's up with this level of denial, of deciding what reality is going to be? Because in Erica, we have been taught that. No fear, you know, nothing is going to take us down, and we're treating something we don't understand with that mentality. And I get the mentality because, believe it or not, there is something really good about denial because if we didn't deny certain things we wouldn't have a healthy balance inside meaning you know is is denial ever actually healthy only a healthy dose of it but a lot of it can really stop your life kind of put it on pause some lives on mute you know, don't go out, don't do this, don't do that. The world is a scary place. The world is a bad place. The world, And, you know, you are in denial of your capabilities, let's say. But having a certain sense of denial, like, that won't happen to me. And it gives you like that to try things. Not believing the worst will happen is something we need. Otherwise, we will not try anything because we can find a million reasons why we shouldn't do something and sometimes we live in those reasons throughout our lifetimes but if we're in a place of denial to the point where we refuse or we are literally unwilling to accept something or to accept reality Now we're hurting ourselves. An example would be, you know, someone who's in denial might be a wife, you know, and she cannot cope and she won't admit that her husband actually left her. And he's gone. But she is still saying he's part of her life. That's a full-on denial. 
An example of denial is also the rejection of the existence, let's say, of God. And you stick to it, no matter what anybody tells you, no matter what happens to you, no matter what you see. And then that same person has an experience that might have saved their life. They may have felt like someone showed up when they needed them or or they were in the hospital and they came back and they saw something and yet they lived in the denial for so long that no matter what anybody says, no matter what happened to them, they say, well, it's still a question mark. And you're like, oh, brother, what does it take? But to them, that denial, because it's been a part of them, is something that they defend because there has been an investment in denial. That's how strong denial can be. And sometimes somebody else's denial, whether it's right or wrong, if they are a spouse, a boss, or someone else, and they're not looking at reality, and they're basing decisions on the gaslit reality, the reality they want you to believe, you have to deal with that even though you could see the fallout coming. They cannot. And the scary part is if the fallout never gets to them, or they keep pushing it away, or they keep denying it to the point that nobody can even talk about it anymore, and then they start spinning another plate and, and put you over here and then put you over here and then put you over here, you're just, you, you can't survive for long like that because that level of denial is now taking everybody with it. But a certain amount of denial we need or we cannot continue to survive. But I remember Christ saying, face it and erase it. And I thought, that just sounds way too easy. But do you remember, some of you, I don't know how old everybody is, but when we were younger, and they probably still say this, it's just not as popular right now. But if you acknowledge a problem, you have solved half of it. Because now at least you can see what you're dealing with, which is why you can erase it. But it's not like, I know when my kids were little, I had this big eraser. It was like 10 times bigger than an eraser. It was like a kind of a fun thing we bought. But when something would happen that we would be like, hmm, I don't really like that. I would say, oh, go get the big eraser and we'll erase it. Or another thing I did with my kids was when they would get upset about something. And I can't remember what the things were at the time. But I do remember with my hands pretending to pull out the mad. And I said, and let's go to the window and open the window and throw mad out the window. And I just did that because it was just childlike. And I I knew that. I can change my own mood in a weird way by saying, hey, you know what? This isn't what I'm thinking. This isn't what I'm doing, right? And as I would do that, my daughter came to me not even a month ago, and she's 30 now, and she was having you know, a conversation with someone, and she didn't like the way she felt, and she goes, Mom, I thought about pulling out my mad and throwing it out the window. And what I realized when she said that was, the mad that she adopted 
from someone else's mad or anger or blame wasn't her own. But she was getting caught up in that energy exchange of believing that that was her anger and in denial of the fact that she did not have that anger. But when she said that, I thought, oh, my God, she has learned to separate that denial of the fact that you feel good already before this person walked into your life and you take on their anger, you realize what's theirs and what's yours, and you were able to separate that from yourself. Now, did I know that when they were little? No. Do I know that now? Oh, my God. Because we have been, not just America, but the whole world has been watching a show of denial for the last three and a half years in our administration. It doesn't matter what side of the fence we're on because that's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about you didn't see what you saw and you didn't hear what you heard. And when you hear the argument, you're like, oh, wow, look at how they're looking at it in a way I could never have thought. I just could have never came up with that. And because they really believe it, they really believe that their own rhetoric or narrative, they call it now, or whatever they want to call it, it looks like it's winning, even though we may have seen the truth prior to being told how to view the truth. So really think about that. We see the truth first. And then we're told how to view that truth, and then we all have to live by it because there's no other protocol. And we're seeing it affect everything, and it's ruffled feathers, but maybe those feathers needed to be ruffled. This is not a political thing. This is the reality of what we're seeing, but we have also been taught to deny whatever we feel, to accept whatever we see being told to us and hear what is being told to us. Oh, that's not happening. (laughs) And right now we are being told that this is over and we're going to start opening up even though we know nothing more than we did. Do we want to open up? Of course we do. Do we want life to kind of feel like we're okay? Of course we do. Is it okay? We're not sure yet. We're not sure yet. So if we can live in denial long enough to open up our world, we're going to find out. Whatever we find out, we don't have control over because we do not know what we're doing. But there's like these two schools of thought. And and yesterday, I just cannot get over when I was on my walk, having this feeling inside like, wow, this is what it's like when we try to change reality and run away, run away from whatever the truth is, because we just, it's too big to know. It's too hard to deal with. So we'll just say it's over. 
And yeah, people are dying. Sorry, but we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So we are all witnessing hurt. Someone's hurt because they cannot face their pain. They they put it under the umbrella of I'm being optimistic. And people are scared to defy the denial. But that's what we do to ourselves every day on a smaller scale. And when we watch it, and we're like, hey, wait a second, are we sure about this? But nobody will dare to say that, that can do anything about it. And the people who can't do anything about it are filled with opinions. But it's not getting us anywhere. Because we are all being asked to live in a state of denial, even though we may not be someone who denies or at least to that point where we're not benefiting from our denial. It's a very interesting topic, but I just had to talk about it. Because what does it feel like? What does it feel like to be in denial? Well, the first part is to recognize that you are, that you're saying, I feel like if I don't get what I want, I will never be happy. Well, now you're in denial of the fact that you can be happy otherwise. But if you can identify the feeling that takes you there, the fear of losing, the fear of failure. Denial is like this thinking process that lives in us. That's, it's, it's an attempt to alter the experience we're having of our unwanted or unacceptable emotions. It's so much easier to deflect. It's because of you I'm not happy. It's because you won't give me what I want. It's because you won't do what I want. I need you to think like this for me to be happy. And the other person's standing there going, wow. I can't be responsible for all of that. There's no way. So what happens to the receiver of that language? Two ways it can only go. You either put up, shut up, and do everything they want, and then you find out over time that as soon as you make them happy here, they're going to come up with something else and something else, and all you are is an appendage doesn't matter who you are. You can be disposed of in a second, replaced in a minute. But because you don't know that and you're trying to keep that person happy, you are going to be that person's emotional slave. Because now you're both in the denial of the reality. And denial can take us there. But when we are in denial, we feel like we are on one of those hamster wheels and we try to avoid what hurts us so heavily 
that we cannot even get to ourselves. We're too busy with our time, with our mind, trying to create a reality for someone or for ourselves actually is non-sustainable. And I, I keep asking God, you know, how do I stop listening to this? And one was to turn off the news. I haven't listened to it for years, but with all the chaos going on in our country and with our health and all of that, all the way back to the impeachment trials, I did start listening. And I'm like, how can we deny what we're seeing, hearing, feeling, touching, knowing? Well, we all saw how. I don't even know what the truth is because the truth has not been completely determined yet on anything. And it feels frustrating that we just didn't get down to the truth. Whatever the truth is, I don't care what it is. But I also took that because we're seeing on a wide screen right now that on a smaller scale, what we do to ourselves when we deny. We just have a big forum right now. It's like a boom right in our face. But how do we stop living in it? How do we move past denial? And the big scale, because we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen the denial even be completely acknowledged. Yet we're learning to acknowledge it in ourselves, like, nope, that's not true. Uh-uh, that's not true. And we want to scream off of a rooftop saying this is not true. What we're hearing, seeing, feeling, and watching. Yet it's unopposed denial, and that's how far it goes. It goes as far as something that's killing us and nobody cares. They're trying to say they care, and it's not that they don't care but they're not willing to do what it takes, whatever that is. They think they are because they they find out what people want. They try to respond to to shut the people up, but they don't really understand how to clean it up from the bottom up. So instead of it being a front end, I call it because I was in the financial field for so long and I always say it's like the front end mutual fund instead of the back end. There's some funds that you pay all the fees in the beginning and then whatever you make, you make for the life of the fund, if you have it still. And then there's some that you get in for free, but at the end when you want to come out, they pull out all the fees. Now, the theory behind it is, and my recommendation used to be to people, pay it up front and then whatever you make, you make. If the fund goes up, You'll make more. If the fund goes down, you'll make less or you'll give less. But then if you go on the back end, let's say, and you make a ton of money in that fund, you're going to pay more. So if the problem gets bigger, we're going to have a higher bill at the end. And if the problem shrinks, we'll have a lower bill. But we don't know yet what that will be. And taking the chance, betting, 
on the fact that this isn't what it is, we are hoping for a better outcome. But if what if we went through this process, like really examining the fear? This is moving past denial. The first thing we have to do is honestly examine what we fear. Because once we see it, we say, oh, the biggest fear might be the economy, our world, our country, our way of living, whatever it is. Or it would be my biggest fear. Everyone will know how I really feel. Why do I really feel that way and have to hide it? Am I holding in a lot of anger or pain that I feel that fear? What's going on? I will not be relevant. Why do I need to be relevant? But we need to examine our own fears. And then we need to think about what is the potential negative that will come out of this if I don't face my denial. So if I don't face my denial and I believe in my mind that I cannot be loved, What are the negative consequences? Well, everybody else will be okay. That makes me happy. But I won't be okay. Do I actually not want to be okay? Do I feel comfortable not being okay because then I can live in my argument that I've invested in, that nobody loves me, nobody cares about me? Because if you don't care about you, how is anyone else going to attach to you? Because even if they do care about you and they tell you that, what happens to you? You say, oh, they don't mean it. But in truth, it's because you don't actually mean it. That's why Christ started with self-accounting. Because you don't mean it when you say you don't care. You don't mean it when you don't take action. You just don't want to face your fear. And if you don't face it, now you left it up to everybody else to face it for you. And if they do, you're going to push them away because you know deep down it's your job. So then you've got to get to the point where you have to allow yourself to express those fears and those emotions. You have to be able to say something to yourself like, oh, wow, that really does scare me. Being loved is not as easy as I thought because I have to accept a lot in myself to accept and receive love. It's going to be a lot of work. I don't know if I could handle the emotions that come with that. You can say that. That's one way to go. Another way to go could be, wow, this is new. The love that I keep wanting from other people It's kind of weird for me to feel it for myself because when I feel it for myself, the weirdness about it is I'm not used to feeling okay. I didn't even know I'm not used to feeling okay. I feel weird feeling okay about myself because then what? This is what I've been trying to do for years. So now what? I feel good. Wow. I've achieved my goal. I feel good. Well, take that and do something with it. Well, after I felt good in my mind, I thought, gosh, once I'm okay, these are things I'm going to do and start doing them. But what happens to most of us? 
is we put ourselves back in the prison we were in. What do they say? There's a saying about prisoners that once they leave, they commit a crime so they'll go back. Not because they want to go back to prison. The whole time they were in prison, they were trying to get out. But it's because all it's all they knew. They knew what to do there. They come out into the world. If you've been away for 10 years, I know someone who was away for 10 years. And they came out, and they had no idea there was a technology boom. They, in their minds, envisioned coming out and living in their best world based on what was left at 10 years ago because they did not grow from that time. If I ever had a visual of that brain, that person gave that to me. He was away for 10 years. Good guy. Came out and the whole world was different. It took him three years to just adjust his brain to being not only in a free world again, but to accommodate all the changes that happened. And this was now, gosh, my my son was still in high school when we met him, so it had to be almost 10 years ago. Will he had how he thought about how he was going to do his life once he got it back, he just took that same thinking and applied it to life now because we don't change. Our circumstances change, but he took that fighter mentality and used it in this life. And he's making great money now. He started a family. He is as productive as he was coming out because he was not in denial of who he was. He understood that he was going to come out and have a trail, a hard trail ahead of him. But the student want to accept about ourselves, so we alter our, our I want to say, self-talk. Like, well, I didn't really do that. No, I didn't. No, he did it. He didn't mean to, but he did it. He was young. He was not as smart as he is today. But because he can say that to himself, he was able to grow forward. If he couldn't say it, he would still be, oh, man, I was in prison. And he would get into stuff that maybe someone who came out does. Or he may have done something that he got caught at again and gone back. Bressing our fears, like, wow, this is scary. I just walked into a world I don't know, I don't understand. Feels kind of weird, but I'm, I'm invigorated instead of, wow, the whole world went on without me. That's such a denial. Like, what does the world have to do with it going on without you? It's going to go on with or without you, not just without you. It has to go on. So we have to know that facing our fears, as if it hasn't been said enough, 
asking ourselves, am I denying what I'm seeing? Because now I say, oh, that's not true. And I stop listening because we are not hardwired to a lie or to denial, yet we need some of it to survive. But facing it really can erase it. Because the minute you start your mind on that trail that things do work, can work, and I have to have a hand in that, you will, in in a weird way, kind of outgrow denial. And those little hurts that we carry, we have a chance to take a look at and say, well, that wasn't so bad. Be honest. Why am I using it as a crutch would be your filter question. You guys, my time is already up. I will see you tomorrow. I know someone, I think it was Paul, asked me about the words on the music. I'm working on it. I didn't get to it yet this week, but we're putting all this together. And I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.